I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. And I'm all out of bubblegum. fucking Mark Twain shit, because it's definitely getting chisel on your tombstone. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Who Will Survive Horror Podcast. This is episode 22, and this is going to be our first episode of the Christmas season, uh, year two Christmas season, I guess. And with me, as always, is Marco. What's going on? Hey, man, it's going. Nice, nice. Um, And to kick off our first Christmas season here, we brought a special guest in, which has been a really long time since we had a guest um, yeah. for a movie review show. And you may know him from a previous Friends Till the End episode, or you may know him from his own shows Kill the Cast or Underwater Kaiju from Outer Space. I think I said that right. And his name is Jerry Herring. What's going on? How's it going, guys? Instead of Cole as a guest, you got me. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome, man. I'm a big fan. Yeah. I'm not a big fan of myself, but I'm <laughs> glad you are. I am. I yeah. love your show. Yeah, nobody likes themselves, right? It's, no. it's always we all like each other but not ourselves. <laughs> it's it's like a prerequisite. Yeah. Almost. <laughs> uh so yeah, you had been on the show before for Friends Till the End, which I asked you to come on to one of the early episodes because you and I had had some familiarity of just talking outside of podcasting and when I started the show I was like, you know, I got to get some people that I kind of know or or feel more relaxed around that I can be a little bit looser with. So, you were someone I was able to get loose with. (laughs) That's how I like all my people. (laughs) Great, great. And then just recently I was on kind of a special version of your show, Kill the Cast. Um, For anyone who doesn't know, I guess tell tell them a little bit about what you guys do there. Uh, We do a shitty podcast. Sounds good. uh... Cool. (laughs) Uh, So Kill the Cast, we do uh, horror movies. 
And uh, we do a wide variety. We try to buck as many trends as possible. So, for instance, for our Christmas shows, we do not do any Christmas movies or Christmas specials or anything like that. We do Halloween stuff. We oh, do, nice. uh, for the past two years, we had done Halloween sitcoms. This year, we're doing Halloween cartoon specials. Um, and our big show that we also do is Horror Coliseum, where we take two movies put them to fight for a title uh, and they have to go through 15 categories as we break down the whole movie. Right now we're doing a huge Freddy versus Jason run, putting the first seven movies of each franchise against each other, the remakes from each franchise against each other. uh, And then we have a guest on for every single one. So we just dropped uh, episode six, which is Jason lives versus Freddy's dead. That worked out wonderful. Um, And then we do uh, Jerry hates action which uh, we just dropped episode two, which uh, the great Paul Stevenson was on. Have y'all heard that guy? Hey, really good. I know that guy. Yeah. Yeah. He's really right. good. Right. <laughs> Some might um, say it was the best Jerry Hates action episode. It might be. I mean, we, we stepped up to higher quality films, right. kind of. It's a 50-50 um, chance of being the best one. Yeah, yeah exactly. Uh, I mean, someone did give us like a six paragraph review of our first episode, but maybe that'll happen for the second episode. Who knows? Wow. <laughs> nice. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's. Yeah. And Paul is a huge action fan, so I'm sure that uh, he went in there with like you know starry eyes. And he just shot him. He just shot him down. <laughs> he mostly just sat there and was just like, "When is Jerry gonna stop fucking ranting?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, uh, I think we agreed on a lot of things, and, and we did. It, it's not sure. It's not hard to pick holes in these types of movies. It's more just about whether you can look past those things or not. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Fun fact, I cannot. Um, <laughs> yeah, right. That is fun. Hence the title. Right. So if you want to hear me, Paul, Kenneth, and Jay talk about Top Gun and Predator, go <laughs> check that out. And then the uh, third show that I do, and all of these are under the Kill the Cast banner, is uh, Underwater Kaiju from Outer Space, where you can get your fill of Japanese science fiction and monster movies, where it's me, uh, Don and Ellie, uh, Jerry Cortez and Derek, I cannot pronounce your last name, <laughs> so I'm, I'm not gonna try to get a better fucking last name or something. <laughs> we'll just say uh, Derek B. Yeah, yeah Derek B. I, I think well, we all know who you're talking about. That's uh, that's the scary part. Yeah, exactly. Everyone knows him. It's just no one can yeah. say his last name. And if you do say it right, you're worried that someone's gonna think you're political and talking about World War One or Two, whichever one had that or fucking four. weird name. Or four, whatever. Maybe you see the future. I don't know. Right. Mm-hmm. You have a DeLorean. I don't. <laughs> Fucking, what do you think? You're better than me? Um, so, yeah, those are our shows. DeLorean. Uh, DeLorean, I don't know. I could also do a show called Jerry Hates Time Travel. Ah, uh, yeah. Uh, Time travel is, is tricky. Not sure. a fan. People get really upset that I don't like Back to the Future. Yeah. Yeah, it's a, another one where... It's, I'm upset it's, right now. It's fun, but <laughs> you can't uh, you can't think too hard. I th- I feel like. But, oh sure. And time travel is is just weird, anyways, because it's like there are no rules. Everything could be a rule. Yeah, but that's the problem. Like you're taking something in science fiction that's like this huge thing that we have. Like we are building towards trying to understand, mm-hmm. and then you're like, yeah, fuck the rules. We're just gonna do whatever we want. Who cares about you know the quantum physics of it or mm. uh, yeah. 
fucking accidentally erasing someone completely or anything like that. Fuck it. Just, you know, this guy's got wacky hair and look how cool his car is. <laughs> right. He almost banged his mom. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that sounds like a good movie to me. I mean, that's right. just a I'm Saturday like, night in Alabama. I don't know what the big like, deal is. Yeah, right. Yeah, I don't see the problem. Sure, sure. There. Yeah. Uh, but no, I, I like how with with your shows, you do these different segments and different types of shows, which I feel like I've I've sort of borrowed off of you and, and other people. Like I know, uh, you know, Duncan at Podcast Under the Stairs and some of our other peers do similar things where they bounce around of doing multiple types of shows under one banner. And that was always sort of an inspiration for me with not just having the Who Will Survive show and it's just the same thing all the time, but throwing these different ideas out there and putting it all mm-hmm. under one show. It's like, just follow the show and there's going to be some kind of cool shit. You're not really sure right. what it's going to be, but it'll be something. It, it really helps though, because it makes it varied mm-hmm. and you don't get burnt out on, on sure, doing yeah. the right. same old shit. Like, whenever I'm feeling like, man, I just do not want to review a horror movie, I find some podcast and I'm like, hey, let me interview you. And I do one of my interview shows, which right. I have to do a better job of now because your friends of the end show is fucking really good. And that pisses me off. <laughs> Sorry. So now I have to try harder and I've got to get like bigger guest. <laughs> sucks. I know. I, I get the same way. I get mad when people do better than me. So I understand. I'm like, how dare you do better than me? But fucking people in their beards and I can't grow one. I'm sorry. Oh, <laughs> That that but, there's no trying that can fix that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I know. I've been crying for years and nothing. Or crying. Yeah. Oh, oh! You didn't say crying. I just admitted something I shouldn't have. On. <laughs> okay, sure. We'll go no, with that. Uh, so, what we are here to talk about is Christmas movies, anyways. And yeah, right. So we have we have two movies that don't involve time travel and aren't really action movies. So that's good. And. Right. We are going to be discussing a movie called The Children, which was from 2008, I believe, but I don't have it pulled up in front of me. Yeah, 2008. And, yes. <laughs> and uh, the other movie is Better Watch Out, which technically came out in, in the U.S. and to the general public in 2017, even though IMDb says 2016. <laughs> um, and that also is, if you have been keeping up with us we just interviewed chris peckover who was the writer and director from better watch out so this is kind of our chance to talk about the movie without having to have him do all the talking so <laughs> that or reviewing it without you know try, you know with him the you know, other line uh curve any thoughts that we have too this yeah be, yeah well yeah cause, because we really didn't give our opinions on it too much no no well that's the nice thing when you interview somebody like that is you just kind of let them do yeah, most yeah. of the talking and and just throw some questions out there and let them tell the story and yeah. we don't have to say too much other than like oh yeah the movie was awesome or you know we like this part or we like that part so yeah yeah and uh so th- i guess this would be a good companion piece we've done this before where we had an interview and then a movie review with uh, dave made a maze and yes. i don't know if we did it with anything else but i don't know we did it with that so that's something yeah that's something now it's a trend <laughs> we did it twice right, right. Uh, yeah. before we get to those I just thought, uh, I don't know, what are your guys' opinions about, I guess, Christmas in general, but also Christmas movies, whether they be horror or not? We'll start with you, Jerry. Um, I enjoy Christmas movies. I, I think it's, it's, I like the whole, we're a family and it's Christmas, but all this shit's happening to fuck it up. Yes. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, that's exactly. my jam. So much so that even, like, ones like Christmas with the Cranks, I right. enjoy Mm-hmm. Right. I probably shouldn't, 
admit that. <laughs> but you know what? I'm here to say, uh, good on you, Tim Allen. Right. Good on yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I'm I'm a rather big fan of Christmas movies. There are some that I I don't like. Um, I like speaking of Tim Allen. I don't want to sit and watch the Santa Claus. Okay. Santa Claus. Thank you. Right. Yeah. Not. It's it's okay, but it's like one I can only watch once every uh, two thousand millennia. Or something like that. Right. Sure. Uh, yeah. Other than that, I don't want to watch it. it I, there's so many other good ones to watch. Yeah, yeah. That, that's just not needed. But overall, in general, I'm a huge Christmas fan. Now, I used to not be. I used to hate Christmas. Right. I was totally a Grinch or a Scrooge or whatever you want to call it. And uh, then I got all tame and was like, oh, I, I like Christmas. Look <laughs> yes. at me. Right, right. <laughs> well, not... Look at me. <laughs> I, like I the, own like eight Christmas sweaters, and they're all from the band. Every time I die, that's I awesome. don't know what the oh, fuck's wow, wrong nice. with me. <laughs> uh, we'll we'll talk more about Christmas sweaters later, but um, yeah, yeah. The uh, I like the idea you presented about how it's you know usually this setting of a family get together or or happy times and celebrating, and then it gets all fucked up, and that's kind of the same thing for the horror movies and the comedy movies. It's a similar theme for the most part in, in Christmas horror or Christmas comedy, which I'm yeah. a huge fan of that as well. I love that that beginning where it's like, oh, everything is all great, and you're like, what's going to happen? What's going to fucking ruin these people's lives? Come on, bring yeah. it on. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> so that's cool. I, I like that. I, I don't know if I've ever actually seen Christmas with the Cranks. I have to see that one. Is there any other Christmas movies that you're that you're like a huge fan of? Uh, yeah, I, I, uh, I finally watched Krampus like two years ago. Okay. Uh, on the recommendation of Watson from Horror Corridor. Yes. And I fell in love. Okay. That is now like my all-time favorite Christmas movie. Yeah, that's um, awesome. I, I actually just watched Home Alone 1 and 2. Mm-hmm. Both are good. I think both hold up, even though 2 is literally a carbon copy of 1. <laughs> it's sure. still just such a joy to watch. Right. Uh, like... And then, of course, you know, we'll be watching like the, st- you know, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. Yeah. Number one um, right there. Uh, Scrooged. Mm-hmm. With Bill Murray, mm-hmm. huge fan of that. And then, of course, we'll get into the animated ones, which they're okay. I, I I don't have the childhood wonder I have when I watch like the claymation, Rudolph right. or right. stuff like that. It's okay. It's a little boring to me now. Yeah. Um. I do like. I need Rudolph. more drugs to make it better. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Maybe that's why I like Rudolph. <laughs> Maybe that's why you like that. Right. I'm actually wearing an abominable snowman shirt right now, <laughs> and it says it says "Rar, I'm so lit." Wow! Right. Did you now? Now, which one of your kids got that for you? Oh, neither one. I I got it myself yeah. at Walmart. Okay. <laughs> which one of your kids don't want to be seen with you when you're wearing it? Um, probably neither one at this point because they know that I'm like the quirky weird dad. Right. So, but more likely my son, like my daughter, starting to get past the embarrassment phase to where she's almost an adult. But my son is almost right. a teenager, so he's he's getting like, to come the. On. The more modest phase, yeah. Right, well, at least the right. important one, the dog doesn't care. No, no, he does not. He's actually getting new pajamas well, for Christmas. Maybe he does. Right. <laughs> He's getting full body pajamas for a Christmas present. Is he really? That's yeah. awesome. Custom made. <laughs> <Disney> pictures. <laughs> yes. I can't oh, wait to see this. <laughs> uh, no, that's cool. I, I I like those. So I can't remember Home Alone too. It's been so long. But that's when they went to Paris, right? And they forgot him. And no, he that's the first movie. And he well, uh, they was go, in the hotel. Uh, New York. Yeah, the family goes to Florida and he goes to New York. 
right, right. that's what it is yeah. yeah um what's his name is in it uh wise god damn what's his name tim curry thank you thank you oh right right he has the little spat with tim curry throughout yes. the whole new york yo yeah. tim curry's kind of creepy in that movie by the way <laughs> oh yeah he plays like, a good creep he he's, he's truly not trying to play a creep okay just when you watch it with adult eyes Mm-hmm. There's some kind of cr- like creepy vibes coming off Tim Curry that I was kind of <laughs> like, mm, bro, let's calm down a little bit. Right. <laughs> Just back it up a little bit. Right. Uh, what about you, Marco? Any? I know that you're a, a big fan of Christmas, obviously. We talked about it last year, but any yeah. sort of classics that you Yeah, that man. You really um, planes, trains, automobiles was my one of my go-to John Candy Christmas er- themed music or uh, uh, movie when he's trying to get back home you know that whole yes. that whole thing and of course anything with John Candy but that it's like I said it's setted setting around Christmas time or mm-hmm. Thanksgiving right maybe Thanksgiving holidays I guess um, but it's not like over the top in your face right you know um, the one that I've been learning to appreciate which I honestly I'll, I'll say I didn't like when it first came out was the Grinch that stole Christmas with Jim Carrey I didn't like it I thought it was just too you know whatever but now like I, I've, I think the past four or five years, I've, I watched that like crazy, okay. um, and I, I just enjoy it. I just, I don't know what it is. Yeah, you have to listen ahead. to the Pick Six movies that Bo and and Chad just did a breakdown of that movie and all the things that are wrong with it, and it will. Make oh, you, really? It will make you look at yeah. it in a different way. <laughs> well, I know, I know, Bo's not a Jim Carrey fan, so I'm sure that's sure that's and not a Christmas fan. So yeah, <laughs> there you go. But. Um, yeah, man. Like you know, just like I said, all the all the usual Christmas vacations. My number one. That is the ultimate. And I don't think it was meant to be. It was just happened to be one of the fan favorites. That with Home Alone, of course, right? Um, but mm-hmm. uh, yeah, um, it's funny because like even though when you guys mentioned the Rudolph cartoon, a lot of childhood memories came pouring back. And bad was for me because I hated that cartoon as a kid. It oh, yeah. creeped me out. It still does, and I still like. I look at it and I just cringe. I just I can't. I can't sit and watch it. It's too creepy to me. Right. Um. Yeah. Because of all the they had like the religious overtones and stuff on it. I was like, oh, I don't want to sit there and watch it. Sure. Uh. Yeah. That one. Oh, yeah. and and Die like Hard. Die Hard. There you go. Let the debate begin. <laughs> I I haven't <laughs> seen it in a long time, but I know that it's kind of the the loosely. It's just the time of year that it takes place, right? Yeah, so thing about it. with Hard, that yeah. one, the two people have spoken out. Bruce Willis has come out and said it's not a Christmas movie, and the uh-uh. writer has come out and said it definitely is a Christmas movie. Uh, who do you believe, the, the writer, writer, the person who created the story, or the guy who was paid to, you know, make the movie famous? Yeah, no, I believe the writer. Yeah, I'd have 100%. to go with the writer. <laughs> <laughs> but speaking of other uh, Christmas movies that don't beat over your head, the even better than Die Hard. Jaws of Revenge. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I agree. Yeah, I was saying before the show that I had never actually seen that one, so I don't think I've seen past Jaws 2, which is, is kind of like Home Alone 2. It's basically just a rehash of Jaws 1. Yeah, 100%. You gotta then, watch Jaws 4, because yeah. it's amazing. You can watch Jaws 5, Okay. and then be like, why do the Italians do this? <laughs> <laughs> oh, damn it, Italians. Why do you do this? Yeah. Uh, no, I, th- I think... I haven't seen Die Hard in forever, but I know that one's cool. Oh, you know what? I, I 
remember the one I was thinking of that's loosely a Christmas movie as well as Lethal Weapon. Speaking oh, of that we referenced. I do oh, there you go. Love Lethal Weapon movies. Yeah. And and then the same that's the same vein of Die Hard, right? That's yes, the yeah, same yeah. kind of thing where it's just takes happens to take place during Christmas time. Yep. They play the Jingle yeah. Bell rock song. Oh, I know. The, the very beginning, yeah. I'll take <laughs> Lethal Weapon over Die Hard, one hundred percent. Sure, sure. You know what? I, I would too. I honestly would. I love Lethal Weapon. Saw it at the drive-thru or the yeah. drive-in. You know what Christmas movie I need to get to watch that I haven't watched in, in fucking a decade? Hmm. Jingle All the Way. Yes. I, I, just I was just thinking that. about that the other day. I just bought that for $5 at Walmart. Oh, I need yeah, like yeah. a cheap-ass cheap DVD at Walmart for 5 bucks. Because my... <laughs> You know, they play the commercials on TV of like, oh, here's all the Christmas movies that are going to be on. And I'm watching TV with my kid and, you know, he's seen a bunch of the Arnold Schwarzenegger movies with me. And he goes, what the hell's that Christmas movie with Arnold Schwarzenegger in it? And I'm like, oh, shit, you never saw Jingle All the Way? I got to get this. <laughs> so, yeah, that's going to be my weekend watch is that with him. And another one that I just recently bought because I haven't seen in forever is Trading Places. I actually have not Christmas seen time that. One. Uh, that's a good one. It's it's definitely a, a good kind of classic 80s comedy. Mm-hmm. It's pretty funny. Do y'all have a Christmas movie that you absolutely hate and refuse to watch? Uh, yeah, I don't know. I wouldn't say that I hate, but I remember watching and not liking at all The Polar Express. Oh, oh yeah. Cause it's like yeah, not, that movie's just boring. It's like not yeah. funny. Yeah, there's it's just like a dud. I'm like, oh, it's, it, it's meaningful or something. I don't know. Uh-oh. It was it lost pretty. on me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Polar Express would be up there where it was just it's just boring as hell. Mm-hmm. Um but you know what you mentioned the Santa Claus. I love I like the first one. I like the the first half of the first one. Um right. it's funny cuz like like the Santa Claus was on Netflix last year and I was watching it and I remember halfway through I just turned it off. Like when he became Santa Claus, I turned it off. Like <laughs> the second half or the third act of the movie I can't stand and then any of the ones past that like I will not I refuse to watch any Santa Claus movies to Jack Frost, not Jack Frost, but the uh, the sequels <laughs> to that movie. I won't. I just won't watch it. Nope. Right. Won't do oh it. my god! I was talking to a coworker the other day, and I was talking about uh, a, a movie called Captain Ron with Martin Short, and I was just like, because anything Martin Short does is absolutely amazing, and he looks me yeah, dead yeah. in the eyes and he goes, "Fuck Santa Claus 3. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, I was just like, "Shit, okay, you're right." <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, it's true. I just, I, oh uh, yeah, I refuse to watch. It's like uh uh what uh 70 minutes into santa claus past that i won't i won't watch anymore turn it off <laughs> i won't watch a single minute of elf oh really uh, <laughs> i fucking you know what? Elf hate doesn't that movie bug me as much as it should if yeah. that makes sense like, i can, o- I can like, only watch it like once and then i'm done for the year like i can't yeah, take no, multiple uh, watchings of it like it should bug me a lot more than than it because it is a very annoying movie like i love will ferrell but he's annoying as shit in the movie right. um you know, even the little kid, James, even the whole the whole cast is annoying, honestly. Yeah. Um, you know, but uh, but there's some about it when it's on there. I just laugh my ass off, maybe because I'm it's like an uncomfortable thing, or I don't know, I don't know what it is. I have tried so many drugs <laughs> to watch it, and the only one that made it tolerable was chloroform. <laughs> <laughs> or a roofie, maybe. Uh, roofie, yeah, yeah. I no, because I started touching movie. myself. I roofied myself, but then I started oh. touching myself. Yeah. And then it just got really weird. So I was like, nope, chloroform, that's it. That's the only proper <laughs> drug for this movie. Perfect. Perfect. Yeah, right. I like that y'all both just said perfect at the same time. I know. I know. Uh, it's yeah, like I know. y'all are yeah, meant we've... to be. I know, yeah. right? 
Uh, yeah, I, I don't hate that one, but I can't watch it over and over again. It doesn't, it doesn't hold up for repeated viewing. It's like the jokes are there and you laugh the one time and it's too much. I do like watching Christmas Story, but only on Christmas when you're like on bouncing Christmas. around from yeah. house to house or whatever. I triple dog dare you! Hmm. Schwartz created a slight breach of etiquette by skipping the triple dare and going right for the throat. All right, all right. Come on, kid. <laughs> well, go on, smartass, and do it. I'm going, I'm going. Flick's spine stiffened, his lips curled in a defiant sneer. There was no going back now. Yeah, it's the only time I've just on in the background because it's yeah, on for 24 hours. Yeah, yeah, you can't I, watch it from beginning to end. You have to watch like from the middle to the end, and then watch like correct. part of the beginning, and then. <laughs> I don't yes. know how I feel about that movie, so I pull, so I pulled it out. So it's one that I'm gonna watch this year to try to figure out what I feel about this movie. Because right. I remember it being boring, but then I also remember, I don't know if I've ever sat down and just watched it from start to end. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. Like certain scenes, uh, you know, of things. Yeah, yeah, I, I hear you. I try, honestly, I tried doing exactly that, and I didn't enjoy it as much as I did, just like what Paul said, you know, kind of um, intervals. Like, oh, here, Christmas Story's on, I caught the end, and I caught the beginning, and then the, the right. whole going to the mall Santa Claus scene. It was like that certain scenes broken up throughout the day i enjoy sure, a lot yeah. more but you try to watch it from beginning to end i'm like okay um i, I want to do something <laughs> else yeah yeah because there's two marathons i really remember for christmas growing up and that was uh the friends marathon <laughs> okay they okay. would just show friends fucking 24 7 uh but then the one that that really spoke to me was uh and they don't do it as much now, but there used to be a Mystery Science Theater 3001 mm, that yeah. slowly dipped out because they were doing it on uh, Thanksgiving and Christmas. And then they eventually just completely stopped right before like the last two seasons ended. Right. Hmm. I don't think I've watched one episode of Friends. <laughs> oh, no. I've seen it. I never watched it all the way through, but I know I've just seen like episodes. Yeah. Like in the old uh, just watching shit because it was on TV days. I enjoy it, but I can't sit down and watch a bunch of it at once. <laughs> right, yeah, you can't binge it. Yeah. Right. If it's on and I'm in a hospital bed, sure. In a hospital bed, maybe, yeah. when you can't turn the channel. Right. Yeah. That's what the... <laughs> uh, but I think th that's definitely a bunch of different Christmas movies there that we threw out. And um, I, the only other one, I would say, like, a, a, I think most of our friends are going to know, but kind of an offbeat Christmas horror that's pretty cool is uh, Rare Exports. If no one has seen that, I know that's... Uh, I, I haven't seen it. Is it good? Yeah, yeah. It's it's weird, and it's uh, I want to say Norwegian or or from Finland, like somewhere Nordic. Oh, do they burn a I'm church? Uh, yeah, they do right. not. <laughs> no. Oh, oh, well. Doesn't sound very Norwegian <laughs> to me. But it's, it's very... I'm sure it's authentic. It's very supernatural and, and takes place like up in the in the Arctic North where it's all cold and they live in a you know a, a isolated shack it, it kind of has that same setting as hold the dark which i don't know if you saw that but marco and i just had reviewed that movie and um it's uh it's just cool because it is a totally different take on the christmas movie thing it's not 
happy family that gets invaded by a Krampus or uh, whatever sort of enemy or, you know. Right. It's a completely different spin on Christmas movie. What? Someone found a way to do a unique spin on a Christmas movie? I know. Man, I can't wait to watch something like that. Hint, hint. <laughs> um, it's it's actually on Shutter too. So if you guys cool. have that, it's at least it yes. was. So, but I think that's a good uh, set of kind of recommendations and just stuff that we like and give people an idea where we are with Christmas. <laughs> um, I think at this point we are gonna take a break. And when we come back, we will get into the children, and then we'll follow that up by talking about Better Watch Out. Yeah. Also, you should ignore everything we just said and just watch Santa Claus Conquers the Martians. <laughs> or <laughs> one of my guilty pleasures is Santa Buddies, the ones with the talking dogs. I was about to say, is that the one with the dogs? Do you like, <laughs> yes. Do you sit down with your dog and watch dog <laughs> movies with him? Do you like sit down? We're going to watch a classic today. This is called Airbud. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I would if you would pay attention, but I don't know that it's going to hold his attention. <laughs> He's going to get bored before I do. I'm going to be like, this is fucking awesome. The dogs are talking. That's How did they funny. do that? My it's a miracle. My dog used to watch TV. I don't know if yours does, but mine used to sit and watch TV. He will a little bit. Like the but, whole time. Yeah. But yeah, I don't know why I have a weird affinity for Santa buddies. <laughs> <laughs> but okay, we'll be right back. talk about a couple of Christmas time movies and the first one on the docket 
is called The Children, which was released in 2018. It is a horror mystery thriller, and the synopsis on IMDb reads, A relaxing Christmas vacation turns into a terrifying fight for survival as the children begin to turn on their parents. Uh, I guess that's pretty accurate. I don't Except know. for one thing. Except it's not relaxing. It's not relaxing. I don't <laughs> know where they got the relaxing from. Um, yeah. yeah. Uh, it's a Christmas vacation. Yes. I know. Well, um, it, it's, I was trying to figure out, I think that the two adult men are brothers. I, I no, think that's the how these two people adult are connected. women are sisters. They were sisters. Oh, okay. Yeah. It was very unclear. I was having a hard time figuring that out. Because they all seem to not like each other in some way or basically be shitty to each other at some point during the movie. I think yeah. it's more along the line they don't agree with each other's parenting styles or something like that or what they're into. Like, And obviously the one family is like really well off while the other family is not and they're trying to sell knockoff Chinese medicine. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah, but the uh, but the the Chinese medicine people are talking shit about them, like, oh, these fucking idiots, they're gonna homeschool their kid and whatever. And yeah. yeah, pretty much there's, we have a whole cast like of a shitty people. Silent rivalry. Yeah, yeah, it's like a silent rivalry there, um, where the families talk shit about each other behind their backs, right? And uh, right. Yeah. So the the whole thing with the killer children coming at them. So just I guess fair warning, uh, anything is going to be spoiled in this movie if you haven't seen it. Mm -hmm. uh, I guess maybe maybe listen and decide if you want to see it or not <laughs> based on what we say about it. But if you totally well, don't you know, want it spoiled, don't listen. I'll give this preface. If you like a movie that does a good job the first time building up suspense, you might want to check this movie out. Yeah. Um, I'm not saying it's the most suspenseful movie, but it does do a good job of trying to build it up. Right. Yeah. Um, I agree. Yeah, that's, that's one of its shit, credits then hey welcome to this podcast right, <laughs> <laughs> right. Exactly. well it, it, the the whole thing to get to the kids being killers immediately was like i don't know it was weird because they have they, they get there and the one kid just starts throwing up which comes into play mm -hmm. later where they keep finding throw up at the scenes of where the kids are murdering other people and so somehow the throw up is connected and then the one <laughs> little girl like coughs and there's blood and she wipes it on the pillow. But the thing that was weird to me is that the, the oldest daughter, well, not the oldest daughter, but the blonde haired daughter. Yeah. Is the, the oldest little girl. Oldest of the kid kids. Yes. Yeah. She was, she was acting so strange and somehow it seemed like it wasn't affecting her, but she was just like scared of them yeah. or something. I don't know yeah. if it was just that the kids were not great actors or something, but. No, no, no. I have it, a theory. Yeah. Yeah. Go okay. ahead. Um, so this Thing that's causing the kids to do this uh we assume is some kind of virus or bacteria right um mm -hmm. thing though the ending is slightly contradicting to this um so what i'm assuming that because towards the end the teenager gets it also mm -hmm. as they wink to you in the camera as it fades to black right uh i'm assuming the younger you are the easier it is for it to take over you Right. So yes. because that one blonde that girl too. was slightly older and looks almost exactly like my goddaughter so much so that next time I'm at Kenneth's house, I might just <laughs> keep a knife on me just in case. Yeah, probably a good idea. Uh, right, she starts right. meowing, then you know you're fucked. Yeah. That's the problem. She does meow because she loves cats because Kenneth has two cats. <laughs> there we go. Mm. 
That's so true. she does meow, so now she's going to meow, and I'm going to fucking shit myself. <laughs> like, that's it. Possessed. <laughs> she's a demon. Um, she's a demon. Yeah. Like, I legit sent Kenneth a picture of her, and I was like, oh, dude, nice. she looks just like your daughter. Yeah. That's funny. Uh, but, the... but, but here's my question, though. Okay. Say this theory is correct. Mm-hmm. Uh, this could also mean that it's going to affect the parents also. Eventually, because right, yeah. I would assume if it affects the teenager, who, what do y'all want to say? She's 16? Yeah, they're making it out like high school. So. Okay. Yeah. So if she can get it at 16, because at first I was like, oh, maybe it affects them uh, pre-puberty. And something in puberty, mm-hmm. you know, doesn't right. let you get it. Obviously, that's not true. So what's to stop the parents from getting it? Right. No, it, I, I honestly think like watching this movie, it was a, it's an exact ramp up what you just said. It starts from like the infants and it'll, it'll just make its way all sure, the yeah. way through. Like, like, um, you know how like chicken pox are spread, like children get it, but adults really don't because even if they didn't, haven't had it as a kid, you know, they're immune to it or it takes, it's harder for them to get, it, you know, yeah. or it's easier for children because their immune system and, and the movie does a kind of a good job telling us this is a bacterial virus or something because it goes into uh that scene when the when the girl wipes her blood on the pillow we zoom in we see all this bacteria like you know microscopic stuff go moving I know, on that was kind of stupid so, too i was like what yeah well <laughs> there's also there's also a scene um where they actually showed something in the beginning of the film forest like the forest was doing things, like weird sounds right but with, there was a scene in there and i'm gonna say it was like a a frog something hand like a frog leg the like you said the throw but it was more like a fungus or something right i don't know why else would they shoot that in the film right is this something where it affected all the animals first because something had killed the cat also we you know the uh mm-hmm. at the beginning um you know so i, I don't know it, it's the cat. Well, well, it's okay. like yeah like it's a lot of left up into interpretation like jerry said you know mm-hmm. which is kind but of like a cheap way is, out is... sometimes the thing that makes sense, they completely contradict at the end by making it look like it's something completely supernatural by having all these fucking children come out of the woods. Yeah. Right. And then the same thing, like you said at the very beginning, they make you think it's something supernatural because there's something in the woods. But here's my thing. So you're telling me as soon as that little boy who wouldn't talk steps out <laughs> of the car, he immediately gets sick. He immediately catches it and throws up and then gives it to everybody else. Yeah. That was the, that's the how weird they make thing it, too look like even though they kind of later on make it look like the the that the other family's kids who live there might actually have it but that doesn't make sense because the youngest one the uh, brown hair girl leah she goes to her parents and says uh the the fucking boy who won't talk uh he's scaring me yeah yeah, yeah so it's yeah, like yeah. okay so now it's th- like that's my problem with the movie like the movie does such a good job of having suspense and building it up yeah but it contradicts itself so much that you can't come out with a clear answer. I can't. Well, right. Do you think it, you think they're infecting each other? The kids Is are infecting that... each other? Yes. I'm assuming if they're going to show us bacteria, yeah. you're yeah. doing that to say that it's some kind of virus. I it's thought in spread, the first yeah. 30 minutes, I was like, Haha, they've been giving the little kid fake Chinese medicine, and now he's caught some weird oriental uh-huh. disease, and now he's giving it to everybody else. Yes. And I thought, yeah, yeah. yeah. I thought it was going to be some, like, message about, you know, like, giving your kids uh, 
earthly medicines instead of just fucking vaccinating them. Right. right. I thought no, that's I, what I, it was going to be. Yeah. No, I, um, like I said, there's a couple ways you go through this film and I, I'm checking it up as a supernatural occurrence throughout worldwide occurrence. Uh, a couple things. Um, the, the, the kids were already infected and over time we saw mm-hmm. from the youngest to oldest start to turn. It wasn't random. It, or it was it was directly like here's the youngest and then also the older kid and the older kid all the way to the teenager. Um, and it's because it's worldwide is when we got our first kill of the movie where the guys, you know, one of the uncles are sledding and the kid throws a sled or a, a, a cart in front of him and a pitchfork kind of impales him kind of deal. Right. Yeah. Um, it, even the emergency when they called the cops and they're, they're saying, look, we got, you know, an accident. Nobody showed up ever. Uh, it's because the emergency system was rampart. Uh, um, this is what I'm like I said. You but know, there's uh, something to contradict that also. Go okay. ahead. The girl's friends show up. They text her, "Hey, where are you? We're here." Yeah, that's true. And then she never answers because that's when Uncle Father Dude gets his fucking right. uh, fucking skull ripped open. Yes. So yeah. I'm like, how come they can make it there, but the emergency service <laughs> yeah. couldn't make it there? Because emergency <laughs> service is just saying, "Oh, well, the cl- yeah, it's yeah. really the snowy roads and shit." And I'm like, "What? You you yeah. live in fucking England?" It snows all the time. <laughs> it's not like you're yeah, in Florida true. and you were hit suddenly. You should be prepared for this, right? Yeah. Um, okay. So I, I honest, I think I missed that part where they said they couldn't get to them. I thought they said they were just too busy, and I chalked it up like, oh, because there's other, there's like a million other cases going on at the same time that did just another emergency oh, yeah. call in. Or so I don't know. That would like, make I more to, sense if that was. Yeah, the that's how I kind of chalked that. Where you know they called in the nine one one. But they were, their excuse was, look, we're, we'll get to you. It's just taking some time because, again, in my back of my mind, I'm like, yeah, because this is worldwide and we're isolated in this movie to a, a like, you know, a cabin in the woods kind of deal uh, mm-hmm. or their house in the in the land. And uh, they're kind of isolated. So we're only seeing this family's result and their reaction to this epidemic that's happening all over the world. Right. And then so, eventually at the end of the movie, we see all the kids in the forest. And I was like, yeah, there it is. Here, so I don't okay. think they're infecting each other. It's I think it's supernatural. Yeah. I mean, it could be because like that does make sense in the fact of that. But it also could be like the kids that come there, the kid that comes there that we first see throw up. He's from the city. He lives right. in the city and they're isolated. So he's bringing it to the isolation. But then that doesn't work because then all these children show yeah, up at the end like of the movie kids so yeah. like i'm saying like both theories that it's supernatural or it's a virus both work yes. and contradict each other at the same time like the movie couldn't decide what it wanted to really do uh-huh. so they were like yeah. uh fuck it throwing the hot 16 year old with the baby on her stomach <laughs> and no one will care yes put her in a exactly. short skirt even though it's freezing cold outside yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you know um i think that if i look at it this way where um, being in that situation, like kind of like put yourself in the in the in that story situation, and it is that confusing where there is not a set answer. So the more questions you have, makes sense in a real life uh, scenario, if you will. Like if this is really going on, you have like you know if you're trying to put that in your head, what's going on? You can't. You know, how do you combat this if you don't know what's going on? So there's a lot of like you said, it could be this, or it could be that, or it could be like seven other things. I that's agree, going on. But we they shouldn't yeah. have shown that scene with the bacteria. Yeah, a hundred percent. I agree with you, one hundred percent. Yes, that definitely screws up the supernatural thing. Then why are they showing yeah. bacteria spreading? Yeah, because we never Dude, went back to ghost it. viruses. 
Oh this shit! This is the first movie of ghost viruses, or, where or a, a ghost demon virus has possessed yeah. a virus, <laughs> right. and the virus, because the ghost has now possessed the virus, and viruses can split. The ghost gets to be multiple viruses and start affecting more people. And the more hormones you have coming into your body, the harder it is for this ghost virus to take over. And that's why it takes longer, depending on how old you are, for the ghost virus to take over. Done. Uh, yes. Yeah. All right, we solved that. We solved that one. Next movie. Uh, (laughs) And I I don't mind some level of ambiguity of the cause or the origin or whatever, but I agree that it it goes in too many directions where you're like, if you're going to lean on minor hints, but still being ambiguous, don't push it into different directions where you're like, it's all of these things. Like Jerry just said, is it a ghost virus or a demon virus? Because why are you showing yeah. ghost stuff and it never came back to play. Stuff. It never came back to us. Yes. Like we saw the virus thing and that was it. No, it never no mention right. anything. And I and I've, I've talked about this with you before. It's like, you know, movies usually, you know, do not show anything that doesn't come to play into right. it. Like the guy talking about the Chinese medicine. That has there's gotta be something there to that. The virus. Right. There's gotta be something there to that. The kids at the well, end. Right. Is, is that also there. like a, a, a red herring breadcrumb type yeah. of thing where very true. Like Jerry yeah. had said, Oh, this because this guy brought this these kids that have this uh some weird illness from that, but from the then city. why is it spread yeah. out to all these other kids too? Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. It's yeah, it's very weird, but I think uh I do like the suspense part of it and Yeah, it's the, great. the way that the kids stalk them down and shit is cool and I like the little scenes of where they're there's you know, somebody is scared and then they look and then you just see a flash of like a kid run by and you're like, Oh shit, yeah. there is a fucking kid. Yeah. I was um, I was actually worried um how they were gonna handle the kids killing. Cause I knew that right. for, I didn't know anything about this other than what, you know, uh, uh what we read in a synopsis, right? And right. I just kinda watched it, but I was like sitting there going, Okay, eventually these kids are gonna turn and start killing these the, the people and I was kinda worried that is it gonna be that is it gonna be cheesy? Is it gonna be stupid? You know, right. how can you how can you fight off a four year old? You know, I mean, or, you know, how can't you kind right. of deal? Right. So Not I think the, the movie did very well on the, in that aspect of like you said, you know, they uh, they played off the emotions because they were actually like, yes, they were possessed over this virus or whatever it is that's taken over them, causing them to be violent. But at the same time, they're calling out to their parents, you know, like, you know, don't hurt me kind of stuff. And, you know, mommy, this and and the parents always fall for it. They fell for it every single time they got killed in this movie you know yeah. so they played on that very well like like the the kids are very self-aware at the same time they have that urge to for violence too right yeah it's not, not like a rage virus it's very deliberate because you look at the first right. kill the yes. kids bring him up to a hill with a sled yeah, yeah. they spin him around get him dizzy <laughs> put him yes. on a sled the one kid stays down there with the thing and probably yeah. most likely put the fucking uh yeah gardening tool that ended up breaking his scalp yeah, on there and then he runs towards the guy coming down the hill it's so deliberate right yes yes yeah it's very methodical they don't just turn into like a monster right they, they have some control over this um and I, I think that part is is great with the movie the thing that loses me is that i for the most part hate all of these people and, and and cared nothing about them and just wanted to see as little of them as possible and they're supposed yeah. to be carrying the movie and I'm like could yeah. they just kill these people in 30 minutes and, and get this movie over with because I'm so we've sick of these that, people we've had that problem before right we're sitting there going, sure sure 
like this is a po- I have to I have to feel for these guys. I want them to die the first time I seen them on screen. And well, the, have, the most yeah. likable guy is the guy that dies first. Yeah, yeah. The the cool the, uncle guy that's, oh, that's smoking uncle, a joint uncle in the shed. Rapey, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uncle Rapey. Yeah. I don't, I've, I feel like they actually did a good job of keeping him from seeming too. Like he was he was just being nice, and they were trying to hint at like, oh, maybe there's something there, and he always kind of backed away from it. Yeah. yeah. Other than yeah, letting yeah. her smoke a joint, but. Yeah, because I was actually I was glad that they didn't really lean into that too much and be like, yeah, oh yeah, he's uh, he's gonna end up fucking her in the greenhouse and then the wife the wife's gonna walk in on it. So uh, that would have been much more awkward. But maybe that would have made the movie better. (laughs) What are you doing to her? I was we're gonna be doing homeschool. Like I teach sex ed. I'm just getting some practice in, honey. Yeah, yeah. I'm doing the Heimlich Heimlich maneuver. Yeah, calm down. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, <geez>. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah but it's, um... it's like the 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 two sisters the two moms yeah. are just they're like catty with each other but then they're both just terrible and neither one of them they're going like oh you're the super mom but then she's right. like never engaged with her kids at all the dad is doing everything and yes. she's just like oh i gotta make my fucking dinner and and cook Whoa. and do whatever and she like, gives them gold stars okay that's oh, very important oh to raising yeah. a child I know, and somehow that works. They're like, "Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. sticker." Yeah, I mean, <laughs> sticker, great. That's yeah, fancy that's, for two thousand. That's why I wanted I them to. I wanted them to die for that yeah. reason. And then the the new dad, the long haired little glasses guy, um, yeah. with his Chinese yeah. medicine. He the was Chinese just like medicine, the worst. Yeah. He was like completely out of control all the time. That that scene where they're all sitting around the dinner table, I just wanted to fucking punch <laughs> my computer. Like all the kids are screaming and they're copying yes. each other and the parents are just sitting there going like, "Okay, now calm down, honey." I'd be like, "Get that fucking kid in check. What is wrong yeah, with you? Yeah. God damn it!" Like, no, I I have this uh, like the, you know the the few times that I do go outside and um when the kids are out of control and the parents are just kind of like just trotting along, I'm I'd want to shake the parents. I want to shake them so hard yeah. and like, "What the fuck?" You know, know. like, <laughs> yeah, come please. on, man. And yeah, and. This movie did a great job from day one or the very first intro to their these two families mm-hmm. that the kids are out just high energy all the time and the parents are just walking around like ah it's everything's cool let's have a cup of coffee i'd be, I'd be flipping out like i would right uh, you know yeah now when the, the shit starts to hit the fan i don't blame i don't you know it's easy to sit back as a audience and go yeah oh you just start killing the kids right away and of course you factor in human emotion and attachment and exactly. all that stuff and it's it's not I natural they... that you would just start murdering the kids immediately <laughs> right but they just make like the worst decisions of all time too like the one that was killing me because I, I watched this twice just to make sure that i fully absorbed all the stupidity the the one little boy he's up on the monkey bars thing and he's like mommy mommy come save me and she starts yeah. climbing up the monkey bars and then the kid's backing up and I go, yeah. this this thing is like as tall as that woman. All she had to do was stand on the ground and just stand under him. She did not have to climb onto the top of this thing at all. Yeah. Yeah. And then as she's climbing up, the bar breaks and then she falls and breaks her own leg. The kid didn't even do anything to her. Yeah. She completely caused her own leg break just by being a dumbass. Yeah. I'm like, what the yeah. fuck is wrong with these people? Yeah, and I'm and like, the- for that scene, did so? Did the kids like know it was going to break? Did they like go and saw it real quick? Yeah. Like, what was the setup for that one? I know it was so stupid. It was just self-inflicted. Yeah. Well, I, I think that it was. They were trying. You know, the kid was trying to bring harm somehow, some way. I don't know if he, if he was like anticipating her slipping, but 
you know, I'm going to make her come to the you know, the point and maybe like another kid off run or something. Up and push yeah. her over. Yeah, something like that. They were oh, no, she's going to fall yeah. a foot. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know, that one was so dumb. But and then I the, the, yelling my ass off on the kid right now if you back, start backing up. I'm like, right. And then the Fine, whole thing with your the, ass up there. The, the other mom in the tent, and she finds her daughter basically, oh, like, it disembowels the dad and is stuffing babies into him. Yeah, that and was then weird. She she for, sees that her yeah. daughter had done that. The daughter runs away, and then she starts getting attacked from outside the tent where the kids are ripping the tent open. And she comes out and then sees the grown-up kid and is like, that was you, you did this. And it's like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You saw her. your other kid do it. What are yeah. you? Here's my what question. What is wrong with you? Her daughter was in the tent. Yeah. Her daughter runs out of the tent. She was blocking the entrance of the tent because she was halfway in it. How the fuck did her daughter get past her? I know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Cutscene. Yeah. <laughs> it's so stupid. I know. And just like that mom was the worst because then she turned the other dad against the teenage girl. Right. She's like, oh, it's all her. It's all Casey is doing all of this. She yeah. she made the one mom kill her son in the greenhouse, which was a badass scene. Even though the, the editing was weird and choppy and you didn't get to see a lot of what was happening because they zoomed in and cut super quick. But right, right. Yeah. I did but like he, how they ended up killing that kid by accident. He obviously hated that kid, so he should have been thanking Casey. Thank you, Casey. You're kind of a know. bitch to me, but at least I don't have to deal with that fucking demon anymore. Yeah, yeah. I just get the one kid who I like. I didn't like the boy anyways. He was stupid. I was just they, want the daughter. Um, I know, it's yeah, so ridiculous. The two kids, The two kids that got killed in this film or you know i i think they they had great uh yeah paling or pale the other one was stabbed in the face you know broken wood or something yeah uh, through the broken door she she shot the kid and uh you know stabbed his face right but, uh <laughs> and how, how long does it take you to break through that door like she couldn't break through the door before her mom got killed you fucking yeah, dummy she's just sitting there like banging on it and scratching it like are you gonna well, dig a hole through the wood bitch it was the adrenaline rage yeah, it's like just yeah. start kicking it. Don't you have feet? What's also, wrong with you? The, the third child death is fucking great too, where she slams the car. Yeah, and... that was the best. Oh yes, the third yes, yes, <laughs> that was good. It, uh, yeah. The the little girl was about to stab Casey, and then she sees it and just floors it and smashes her into the other car. Oh my god, that was brilliant. Wonderful. Was the great. only I thing yeah. I wish I could change in this movie was all the kids coming out of the forest at the end. I would, if I could just take that out, I would have been like, this was a sweet virus movie. I would mm -hmm. have understood that it was a virus. I wouldn't have questioned any supernatural things yeah. happening. I would have clearly known what it was. My score would be higher on this movie. Yeah, I mean, it could I, be a virus, like a pandemic type thing where it's yeah. affected the whole area, I suppose, but. I had the opposite reaction, Jerry. I, I kind of went up because of that. And just because I like the fact of of uh you know theory crafting or head cannoning stuff you know like a bigger picture kind of deal and mm -hmm. to note to note that this wasn't an isolated incident this was a worldwide or bigger thing i like that a lot like those are like those my kind of uh twists on type of movies where we watch this isolated uh in event happening but we end right. up being like this you know zoom out and it's a bigger picture and i think that was that this film's way of telling us it's mm -hmm. a bigger picture than just this you know area Mm -hmm. Yeah, my only problem is it just came off more supernatural than anything right. else. And that that's my problem. The way you're looking at it can sway me a little bit into saying, okay, if I look at it, if I force the supernatural shit out of my head and I look right, at right. it that way, I at least go, okay, that's cool. But mm -hmm. my only question then is how many houses are around here? <laughs> yeah, I know. 
Like, it takes, it takes I, the cops three hours that. to get there. Yeah, I it did. Th I thought about that too. I'm like, there's a lot of fucking kids out here. You know, how isolated are we? Or yeah, because we. I, yeah, right. I like movies that are going to make me think, that are going to make yeah. me try to figure it out. Uh, one of my favorite movies of all time is Suicide Club. It <laughs> took me like 10 fucking watches over years and years to come up with somewhat of an understanding of that movie. Mm -hmm. and, and I'm fine with that. I like that. I love digging oh, yeah, the yeah. movie, trying to find small things. But with with this one, it's just kind of, I Every yeah, yeah. time I think I have an answer, I have seven questions yeah, for yeah. where <laughs> yeah. that path has led me. No, it's sure, true. Sure. And I think if they just take out that one scene, there's one scene that you take it out, it could go one way. You take out the ending, it go a complete different way. Like there's uh, the, vi the the microscopic virus scene. Take that out, and yep. we, and we got to me, we got a one kind of movie. And then you could take out the kids at the end, then you have the virus movie. Yeah, it's we have both those in there, and uh, right. kind of curious to like actually like what was the thinking behind it? Like what was why why show both versions of this thing? Mm -hmm. Like, like, why couldn't you just be supernatural, man? It, it works. We can, we know it's a virus. You know, we don't have to see the virus. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's, uh, it's unfortunate that they kind of meandered a little bit with that. And it, I think also to, to my point before that if they made these people better, like you can do conflict amongst the group and still not hate the people. I mean, look right. at every other Christmas right. movie. <laughs> look at look at Krampus. You're like, there's massive conflict with all these people, but you're like, I I kind of like even the white trash. Yeah, you, know, you always want to root for somebody. Wrestler girls, know. and I like yeah. the fucking good guy, and I like the trashy aunt. You know, so yeah, they, yeah, they could yeah. do family conflict without having the people be shit too. Exactly. Like you 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 need somebody to root for. You mm -hmm. know, even though we're all sadistic, we love horror movies. We like the bad guy a lot, but we still need to follow a story and to be vested into. Right. characters where you're gonna go I look like uh like you and i always talk before it's like you know some some of the best horror movies is when nobody everybody gets away at the end but a horrible yeah, shit yeah. happens and it's because you need that kind of a feel-good moment at the end you know not all the yeah, time yeah. but well, every I, once in a while i did kind of like like i didn't hate casey as sort of the likable character of the group the the teenage right. daughter but right. obviously they imply that at the very end that she has the the turn to being bad yes. but I did sort of like her, and I feel like they didn't go over the top of making her be like the strangers pray at night, where they make the the teen <sighs> right. girl just be like such a a bitch. Right. Like God, right. I kind of fucking hate oh this God. kid. But then eventually, yeah. there's there's enough time in in that to make a character arc where the person can come back from that. But if they tried to fit all that into this as well, it'd be like too much. Yeah. Well, I um, do all of that when you can just tattoo a baby on her stomach. Right. <laughs> That's like, all oh, the character nah. development you need. I feel sympathetic for her now. She was un unloved. She was the person that got away. Yeah. That's right. uh, so why don't we, we can kind of go around here and, and just give a, a score and a kind of a final thoughts about each one. If you want to start it off, Marco. Oh, sure. Um, I'm, I'm giving this a seven and a half. I, I actually, I, I enjoyed it. I actually love the ending because again, that whole broader picture thing, I was mm -hmm. worried about, some of the kills is gonna is the movie gonna get cheesy? Is this gonna what? And I think the kills were cool, um, except for the baby stuffed in the guy's stomach. I did, I just didn't get it. Uh, for yeah. going that kind of uh, <laughs> was that slap, a not slap statement gimmick. on the teenage girl having the baby tattooed on her stomach? Oh, uh, uh, you know, uh, maybe, <laughs> maybe. I, I don't I don't know. They saw it was like, revealed at the dinner to everybody. Yes. Right. 
uh, she was uh, like, you know, not wanted or whatever. But yeah, it could be where the virus made you aware of someone's uh, feelings or something. And it was like a play on life. Like, look at me. Look at you. You're the I'm going to mimic this and piss yeah. you off or something. So, We're probably giving who knows, but credit. Yeah, I mean, but like that kind of was sitting there going like, what? what is that? Because, it, you know, when it gets too gimmicky, I get kind of turned away because this is not a gimmicky movie where you don't need those kind of deaths or scenes. But um, I, I was kind of like I said, the suspense was awesome. I love the kids at like when you just when they're you turn and they're staring at you from like 100 yards away and you turn, you know, and then they get closer and stuff. It's just so cool how they did it. Um, but yeah, I, I don't mind too much of the of the ending was like i said supernatural the whole virus thing it could i i if they didn't do the virus the microscopic thing i would have been higher on it the score but yeah seven and a half nice uh what about you jerry uh i'm gonna come in with a six out of ten uh I, because i didn't watch it a second time i feel like if i would have watched it a second time i might have come down some okay. but here's the thing this is a really good first time watch because of all the suspense Plus, mm -hmm. anyone who loves, like, kid killing, it's got yeah. three different kid killings for you. So right. enjoy. Uh, still not going to make, like, my number one for kid killing. That's still Alligator. Uh, but right. it, it still has really good suspense. And like and like Margo said, if they would have cut out one of the two scenes that make it go either mm -hmm. way, you could have mm -hmm. had a solid answer to the movie, and I would have given it a higher score I right. lean more towards liking the virus side than the supernatural side, but first time watch, I think it's a solid six out of ten. I'd recommend wasting an hour and a half on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's short too. It's under an hour and a half, so it's not a huge commitment. Uh, cool. I actually have the same score as you as a six out of ten. Uh, the things I did like about it is I like I like the killing of the kids, but I also like the kids killing the adults that we get to yeah. see done yeah, as well yeah. i like kind of that i always like a gimmicky kill that works where it's something something home alone where you know they set the guy up and like like jerry was saying where you make the guy dizzy and you set up the sled and you have the cart with the fucking <laughs> right. thing that they showed yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and they put all that together and and take that guy out unfortunately he was the most likable guy of the four adults that i didn't want to die but mm -hmm. Of course, he had to because he wasn't the main character. Um, but I like the kills. There's some some good like gore scenes without it going way over the top because again, it doesn't need to be that. And I I did dig some parts of what they were trying to allude to, except that it felt a little bit messy. I just wish that I could have latched on to the parents or the kids or somebody more. Mm -hmm. I just ended up kind of feeling like I was waiting to see which one of them was going to die and how bad it was going to be for them right. for the most part. I did. I, I will say I liked the kids that lived in the house better than the the kids that came to the house. The the older blonde girl and the boy that just kept banging on the fucking xylophone like a psychopath. <laughs> right. I, I, fuck those kids. I didn't like either yeah, one. Yeah, yeah, I didn't. Yeah, I but agree. The, the little little girl and then the her the brother, weird yeah. older brother of her. Those kids were a lot cooler. I liked them. So. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it was a six out of ten like, but don't love. Probably won't rewatch anytime soon, but it's something that is not out of the question of rewatching. Sure, sure. I knew I, I knew I would come in a little higher. Yeah, <laughs> don't rewatch it. Come watch it a little it higher with this. Let it be. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, why don't we switch gears to our second movie of the two, um, which.
which is going to be introduced okay. by Marco. Yeah, so we have 2016's Better Watch Out, and uh, we we interviewed the director and writer uh, of this film. Uh, so that's out. Go listen to that. Um, synopsis. On a quiet suburban street, a babysitter must defend a 12-year-old boy from intruders, only to discover it's far from a normal home invasion. So we should just warn, like we did with the other one, that yeah. this one, there will be things that you don't want spoiled if you want to see the movie. So I would say go watch it on Shutter and then come back and listen to this half of the show if you haven't seen it, because the the twist is everything in this movie and not that it takes away from rewatching it when you know what's going to happen but it's much right. better if you don't know don't watch the trailer don't do well, anything like we said it's so. <laughs> i said 2016 like we mentioned it's 2017 and when we when we did our interview show uh, it's still a new it's still a new movie to yes, full-on yeah. spoil so that's it's why just, like it was just added to shutter last christmas time so yeah yeah so again if you're worried about spoilers you could you could skip it um, but yeah, I think we're, we're going to have to talk about the twist. We're going to have to talk oh, yeah, about yeah. everything here and really just delve in. Yeah, I couldn't believe right. at the end when she had a penis. Right. <laughs> You're like, what is this, sleepaway camp for Christmas? What? <laughs> yeah. That is definitely a twist. Should I Especially because the penis was also twisted. It was like a pigtail. <laughs> As a literal twist. Yes. Like <laughs> a pigtail. <laughs> so, no, there's definitely no no twist like that. No. But um, so, what what was your experience with this movie, Jerry? You said you had saw it before. I've seen uh, it once like before. Last year once okay. before, I saw I watched it last year because everyone was talking about how fucking good this movie was. Right. So I was like, and I usually do not watch. I'm terrible at watching uh, movies the year they actually come out. Mm-hmm. But Thank every you. once in a while, you hear so much about this movie that you have to watch it, and it blows you away. Like this year, it was summer of '84. Everyone kept right. talking about that movie. I had to watch it. I even, before I watched it, watched Turbo Kid because of how much you talk about that movie. And right. you were like, it's the same people. So I watched that before. But, so I'd watched this movie last year. And Jesus, this is a movie that will blow you away. It, <laughs> it covers all of its basis as it goes through. On the rewatch this time, because it was my second watch, even though it's been a year, I was like, okay, I'm trying to remember how he did certain things so I can try to watch for him to see if they properly set it up. And mm-hmm. they do. Even the one that last year I was like, how did he throw a brick through the window if they were both down there? They, It's right. very small, but they do show you how he does it. Kind yeah, of. they show the, the douchebag boyfriend runs into the the catapult on his way into the yeah. backyard. I don't know right. if he had the catapult on an automatic timer or something, but... Yeah, at least there's something there. Exactly. So I I was highly impressed last year. I was even more impressed this year just because watching it this time was like, I'm more like, okay, I got to find all the clues to how he set this up and how he mm-hmm. did it. Yes. And it, it, it made it, a, it was like, there's a book called Ender's Game. There's another mm-hmm. book called Ender's Shadow. They both tell the exact same story, but each from a different character's point of view. Mm-hmm. And watching this movie for the second time was kind of that. I was watching from a, a different point of view this time, from a different character's eyes, trying to catch everything he did. And it was yeah. fucking great. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. The uh, first yeah. time hits you in the face. It's it's a, it's a like, oh my god, what is it? It's shocking, you know? Sure, yeah, yeah. Uh, the, certain they, scenes, they, yeah. Well, they do a good job setting up that they're being home invaded, which that's the, the whole twist of the movie that mm-hmm. we will talk about repeatedly here, but is that 
it's a, a fake home invasion that our main character Luke sets up to try and scare his babysitter so he can somehow rescue her and then that's going to turn her on so that he can hook up with her before she moves right. away right which exactly. the, the one the one thing I would say is they don't really I think it kind of evolves later but I don't know that he really wanted the home invasion thing to go successfully like I think he planned for it to go poorly so that he could take it to this extreme is almost kind of the feeling I get. Mm. It's like, what was the end game going to be? He was just going to like run out and be like, booga, 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 and scare the, <laughs> the bad guys away. I, and then she'd be like, oh, Luke, I want to do you now. You scared the bad yeah. guy away. I, um, you see that, the children? There are ways to make it where we have to think about it and not know, but you can do <laughs> it clearly. It's amazing. Sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I um, I, I think um, what uh, to your point there, Paul with uh, I think um, Luke had an initial plan what he wanted to do but I think it was evolving as the time went on I don't think he knew an end game and he was yeah, up as yeah. he goes because uh, you know even the neighbor kid that his his best friend that helped him do this was conf confused the whole time and he's like I thought we were just gonna do this and he's like uh, just go with it you know we're just right, gonna right. go with it. just keep ramping and ramping and ramping it up so I like that aspect because he's a 12 year old kid you know you, you gotta again with that whole he, he can't be that smart you mm -hmm. know um you know to to kind of like have a whole a, a, a to z plan i think it was like i just yeah, yeah. i'm gonna set this up and then i'm gonna run out and scare the guy away yeah and then hook up with my babysitter but at the same time there's mm -hmm. i think to a halfway through the movie i think luke decided this is gonna go i'm gonna everybody here is gonna die tonight you know well, yeah, because he escalated it by reaching out to her boyfriend, using her yeah. phone, and being like, "Okay, come over now," you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and tried to play it off like he didn't do that, and he just showed up on his own. Right, so right. He he definitely he had yeah. in, intentions of escalating things once it got to that point, but yeah, I almost I almost kind of thought that watching this time that he was just. He just figured that eventually it was going to get found out because they did have it all planned out to where he was like all surprised about everything and and they acted really well together right. on the, the the fake break in part where they were interacting with each other pretty well. Yeah, up to and, that point. Yeah, yeah. And then it was only you know she discovered that the kid was like scratching his shoulder or whatever and realized that it was the kid that had the itchy shoulder and was like you motherfuckers. <laughs> but yeah. yeah, it was it was pretty crazy that. The, when that twist happens the first time you see it and you're like oh shit what is going on here like this kid yeah. is, is actually faking this and then it turns into like him just having her tied up and and well, well, you know sort of mentally torturing her well, to well, yeah degree. you know she he set up this thing to a fake home invasion and here's my my mind goes is when i was first watching this film I'm like okay he's faking it but now here's a real like a real home invasion you know like now they're gonna be you know sardine canned into this house and like real mm -hmm. Uh, enemies outside and, and all that stuff and you know he's gonna save the day kind of deal and I'm like and this is the the uh, the result of watching so many horror movies and so many home invasion movies that it's like okay this is gonna be typical very predictable all stuff and then nope uh, that's probably why I enjoy this film so much is like I don't know what to do here I just have to sit and watch what's how how this is gonna unfold and um and right. when the babysitter fell down the stairs. That's the point where I thought, you know, our characters had to improvise from that point on. It was like a plan mm -hmm. up to this point, and then she fell down the stairs, maybe almost killing her. Uh, maybe right. he thought he killed her, and then that, he ended up tying her up, and then they just kind of he had a plan for that also, though. Well, I he think had it was the GHB improvised. No, he had the he, GHB. 
Because right. okay, he's he yeah. has at minimum uh, a plan A and a plan B. Plan A, the uh, everything goes successful. He gets laid. It's all good. Oh right, yeah. Plan yeah. B, if it doesn't go good, he has the GHB. Right. Mm-hmm. And your when are... she breaks the GHB, I think from that point on, he's yeah. like, okay, bitch, improvise. Because obviously he's very good at thinking out the possibilities, at adapting, mm-hmm. at improvising. Uh, right. evolving with it right. as it goes mm-hmm. um he only gets rushed a little bit at the end uh yeah. but he's he's very like because when he kills garrett he remembers to improvise make him grab the shotgun put that right. on Garrett. so right. he's good at improvising and adapting but at minimum he had two plans mm-hmm. yeah yeah the success yeah, yeah. well he, he was had to get backup. laid no matter what yeah 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 and he still didn't get yeah. laid he all still that didn't shit get laid. and he still didn't get fucking laid <laughs> right yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. and i want to Go ahead. Oh, go ahead. No, I'll let you. No, go. you're good. Oh, I, I was just gonna say, in, in the with the GHB, even they show just they constantly show his flaws as a kid, mm-hmm. where he's like, "Oh, okay, I'll just pour this into this bottle of alcohol and then force you to drink it." Like, how is that going to work? That's that's stupid. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it, you would yeah. think of something better, like hold her mouth open and just squirt it in there and then hold her mouth shut or something. But he's like, "Oh, here, just drink this alcohol that I just roofied." Like, of right. course she's not going to just willingly drink it, you idiot. Yeah, pretty much. Um, <laughs> but I do want to jump on the the point that Marco made where he's, like, talking about how it is a twist on the home invasion thing. I also want to talk about how it's a twist on the babysitter angle. How right. many movies do we have? Most of them are comedies. But how many do we have where it's the whole uh, boy wants to bang his babysitter thing? Mm, sure. And then they do this whole unique uh take on it on top of doing a whole unique take on a christmas movie on top of doing a whole unique take on a home invasion movie right uh like this movie just raised the bar on so many different cliches and turning them on their head that you didn't so because it did that you saw none of them coming because you were like oh it's a home invasion movie this is gonna happen oh he loves his babysitter this is gonna happen Mm-hmm. Uh, and each time it completely changes it on you and that's what makes it when you're watching it for the first time it's so hard to guess what's going to happen even right. after he takes control he fucking invited he, it was him who invited the boyfriend he didn't show up unannounced right. like, and then he invites the ex-boyfriend and you're sitting there the whole time going how the fuck is he what is he gonna do that dude's huge exactly yeah, right. exactly yeah Yeah. well and that's uh, something that Chris talked about in the interview is that he said a, a big influence of this was he's a huge fan of John Hughes movies and he said you know oh it's like this cute John Hughes movie type story of oh you know this this 12 year old boy is in love with his 17 18 year old babysitter and he's gonna try and get a kiss from her and stuff but he wanted <laughs> he was also acknowledging that a lot of those movies are a little bit too um, forward with the way that the guys are with the girls that they just feel like you know, they have this possession of the girl. They could just go ahead and plant a kiss on her or force her to do whatever. And so that was where he wanted to take the spin of making this where it is this character, but she's rejecting this from all these people instead of just being, she's the object of everyone's affection, but she's not being controlled by anybody. And everyone feels like they have to somehow take possession of her. So it's a, it's sort of a, a dark John Hughes movie that he was Great. kind of going for with it. I will take this movie over any John Hughes movie every day of the week. <laughs> sure, every sure. single one. Um, mostly yeah, I'm well, not obviously, a huge John Hughes mo- fan, but mm-hmm. the, well, I just can't you get think the of uh, movie the Home like Alone it. references, right? So yeah, I mean, yeah, there, yeah, 
luckily he only wrote those thank god um (laughs) but uh there's like there's just no other movie i can think of that's like this and this movie is brutal holy shit is it brutal yes yeah and it doesn't show a lot too Right. It's, it's brutal without being super in your face. Because that was another thing he talked about was that the original script that they he had rewritten a script from somebody where it was like a torture porn type movie. And he was like, mm-hmm. no, I can't. I can't do this with a 12-year-old kid like fucking melting a girl's face or whatever. So yeah, yeah he that, toned um, it down. <laughs> even though like there, there were some funny moments in this movie, like there were some comedy, you know, kind of uh, comedy breaks after something mm-hmm. tragic. The one point where I was just like... Um, like what you said the movie is brutal and dark like where it got dark is where is when uh you know he killed his friend i just wish i had the balls to step up i told you not to touch her you asshole you shot you shot me what you made me do i'm dying why did you make me do it why did you make me do it? Help. 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 Shut up! I want my mom. Fuck! Fuck you! Fuck you! Fuck you! Fuck! Shit! Fuck hell. starting to annoy me anyway uh yeah when you shot him and he's flipping out like why did you have to you know because the friend was trying to help you know the 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 babysitter escape and all that stuff and you know he ended up you know blasting you blowing his head off pretty much with the shotgun and uh and when when uh luke was flipping out that you know why it was like yelling you know after he killed his friend why did you have to do this why did you have to do that i felt very like like oh my god dude I, i felt a very emotional uh, what that actor you know, or, or what that character was going through at the time, you know, it's like, mm-hmm. you know, you just, you just blew your friend's head off and yeah. it's dark. It's very dark in that sense, you know? Yeah. Um, well, and he, he freaks out. Emotion- and, he, he screams at the top of his lungs at him a bunch of times. He's like, fuck you yeah. and whatever. And then yeah. he just collects himself and kind of straightens out his clothes and goes back exactly. to just being a sociopath again. Well, and it's those moments though, that takes it from right. this, a dark comedy, uh, home invasion kind of stuff or a twisted, relationship thing and it got it goes like oh my god dude like what, what the hell you know how do i process this you know um right. because because the, the character had so many emotions and stuff he didn't want to kill his best friend but you know he did in the most brutal way and sure, uh yeah. yeah yeah it was it was great yeah that's hardcore and the the truth or dare scene gets like real dark and then yes yeah. yeah 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 exactly and um I, I had pointed this out before but it's like the only time that you really see I keep forgetting her name, the babysitter. Um, but the, the only time oh, you see Ashley. her, Ashley, the only Ashley. time you see her crack and even shed a tear is during that little bit when he he dares her to like touch her boob, and then yeah. immediately she's it, like, she felt hurt. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And she's like, how how'd that feel? And he's all proud of himself. And she's like, like I just got felt up by a little boy. It's pretty nice, huh? How'd that feel? Like a little boy just felt me up. You know, and she immediately just rejects him and puts him back in his place. Like she's yeah. She's so strong, like being in control while she's not in control. Yeah. Of the situation. No. And that one it, tear she sheds, she never really 
kind of fully loses it. You know, she's always yeah. kind of trying to do something to escape. Exactly. Yeah. The character of Luke in general is really interesting to me. Not only um, as much as possible, they show how he believes he is in control of everything, every step of the mm-hmm. way, um, and how quickly he adapts. Um, and like he tells Garrett during the Truth of Dare scene, you're not going to touch her. Right. And right. he believes what he said is God's rule. So yes. later on when he has to kiss Garrett, it's because he walked in and Garrett being a, a, a dumb kid uh, ended up, he had feelings for Ashley too in this moment and that he was going to free her. And I think even in his head, he was like, if I free her, she's going to give me some. Yes. Right. You yeah. know, right. Uh, and he kills him and he freaks out. Uh, and then he goes back to just straight facing it. Um, yeah. And even at the end of the movie, when we find out she's still alive, you know, after the credits, it's, I we need to go to the hospital. And I'm yeah, like, yeah, oh, yeah. my God, I'd love to see that scene. Like Halloween yeah, 2, yeah. just have fucking the next movie is him and her in the hospital. <laughs> um, yeah. but well, we, we do know some stuff about the sequel, but we're not allowed to say. Well, yeah, off, maybe off, it, off uh, air. We will discuss. Yeah. Um, well, it's not even officially a sequel. It was more just that he said if he was to do a sequel, this was his idea. Oh, shit. I still want to. We're hear. not allowed to say so. Yeah. yeah, oh, yeah. Well, we'll tell you. <laughs> uh, and, and then just the character of I, I love this character because it makes me think of me. But these really nerdy and effeminate uh, young boys who, you know, probably at school he gets picked on a lot, but one day he's yeah. going to, like, cut off someone's, like, dog's head and put it in their mailbox. Uh, <laughs> well, in this case, he kills a hamster. But, um... what, what Poor LeBron. <laughs> some kid who... He's probably grown up most of his life being called uh, yes. gay and other slurs. Right. And so... And, and, and I have to wonder... I wonder how much that affected him for making this happen. Where he was mm-hmm. like, I am going to have sex mm-hmm. with a woman yeah. right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How much, did, you know, having the heartbeat thing to make him feel like he was in the womb, his mother being very overprotective of him, how much has this, like, taken away what he feels like makes him a man? Right. Especially when you compare him to his father, who is so confident in himself, who has this deep manly voice. Like, and even right. though his father gets hit with... um uh, uh, gay slurs and gay jokes right. towards him from the mom. Robert, turn that shit off. It's giving me a migraine. Yes, uh, darling, my ornaments are oh. conspicuously missing from the tree. We're not putting those on the tree. No shoes or chop your legs off below the knees. You sure you've never sucked another man's cock? Not even in college? Not some lost weekend fishing trip? secret special friend never that i can recall because honestly robert this is so metrosexual that's not even the word it's metro metrosexual i'm allowed to like gay things i need a drink i wonder how much he sees that and how much all of that has affected him and has pushed him to this uh john hughes like i have to be a man thing that causes him to do this good point right that's a good point that's that's something i didn't even think about you know uh when watching it now that you say that it's like yeah it's like uh he's going to these extremes to prove the bullies wrong or prove like that lifestyle that he's trying maybe conflicted with yeah Mm -hmm. he's the boyfriend oh y'all are gonna fuck and i'm gonna watch it just showing how much control he has over them and how he's gonna make the jock in this case do what he wants him to do 
Yeah. And it just, it makes me think, because I, I, growing up, I was called fucking gay by everybody. And I'm mm-hmm. like, look, just because you walked into me blowing a dude once, <laughs> doesn't count. Yeah. Um, but it I got mean it, anything. I got it so much, and, and like, so much, like, uh, toxic masculinity thrown in my face that, Very like, it doesn't bother yeah. me now. I, I'm just like, I don't care whatsoever. Yeah. But so much yes. so that, like, when I was a teenager... But at 12, uh, yeah, and I, exactly. Yeah, when I was like 16 or 17, I was just like, fuck it, I want to rebel as much as possible. I'll make out with a dude right in front of you if it'll piss you off. Like, I right. don't care. But when you're uh, in your preteen state going into a teenager, that stuff really matters, and it hurts, and it makes you just want to prove it. And I feel like this kid was a sociopath no matter what. Mm-hmm. He was going to grow up to do some Ted Bundy shit yes. no matter what. But... right. The reason I feel like it was maybe kickstarted earlier is because of that. He had it. He felt like he had to prove himself as a as a man because he has this very young, immature outlook of what makes a man and thinks it is tied sure, to sure. like sexuality yeah. and all of that. Yeah, and and he's also seemingly you know has a nice house and and has some privilege and a little bit of a detachment from reality too where his mom is is protective of him so it's probably a lot of times that he could do something stupid or or whatever but you know they make the reference that the that ashley tells or he says to ashley you know you had told me once that i could get away with murder and and they they kind of set that up that he's been sort of spoiled and allowed to get away with shit and yeah. Right. So that makes him further detached. Plus, he probably gets picked on at school when he's not being protected by his mom and and his yeah, yeah. his means and whatever. So yeah, look at every time Ashley points out things uh, where she's like, "This won't impress me." Like when he's talking about drinking and he's like, "Oh yeah, yeah. Garrett can't right. hold his alcohol like I can." And she's like, "That's not gonna impress me." Like everything he does to that he thinks is going to impress her is ex- exactly what a young boy thinks. Mm-hmm. Based off watching fucking John Hughes movies, right? Well, impressive. I can drink. I can take. I can take control of you. I can take right. control of him. I, like I'm smarter than all of y'all. Like it's all this shit that he would later, like a normal boy, will later grow up to be like. None of that really matters. Yes, it just yeah. matters when you're young, stupid, and the only thing that matters is popularity. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, plus they they also set up. Um, when when he was going through the whole thing in the beginning of trying to get Ashley to also drink, because that was all part of his master plan, that she was going to have alcohol in her system, and he was going to roofie her, and she would wake up and just be drunk and passed out or whatever, and not remember anything. So he was he was right from the beginning already planning to do something. So mm-hmm. well, you know, he, like I said, he had that that plan Ashley A, plan just, B thing. Yeah, Ashley mentioned something in the dialogue too. She said something about like you were never going to let me go, were you? Like when she put when at the very end and when he uh, was sitting there and he put his uh, head on her shoulder and she kind of mentioned something like, yeah, you this was like, you know, you had no intentions of letting me live or something to that fact. And uh, which blows my whole thing. It was unpremeditated kind of stuff. So it's 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 very interesting. Like, you know, he had this thing going through like he was going to destroy his entire life over this one day because but then also he did the whole cover-up thing at the end so i don't know i mean it's it's, there's all kinds of things i truly do not know if his plan was to kill her from the beginning or not or if it was an improvise i lean to more more towards he had his plan a and plan b and then when Mm -hmm. both of those failed he just improvised a plan c and was like you know what 
fuck it. Yeah. We're going all out. We're just yeah, gonna yeah, 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 yeah. Do it. Um, I like that better. Yeah. And because that's what I feel. Because I mean, I don't think. Because if he had planned it from the beginning, was he gonna kill her in front of Garrett? Did he really think Garrett was enough of a man to do it? Did he think Garrett was like, is this going to be like um, those stories you hear where two people kill each other and you find out? Are two people uh-huh. killed? Yeah. There's two serial killers that work together, and you find out one kind of controlled the other one. Right. Um, like right. there's a power couple to it. Is it? Mm-hmm. Is, does he think it's gonna be like that? Does he think Garrett can really go through with all this? Because he's smart. He should know that Garrett cannot go through this. And that, yeah. that's why he was so pissed at him because Garrett was fighting him the whole time, and Garrett yeah. kept telling him like, "You're going like this. What are we doing?" And then he would talk, and Garrett was like, "Okay, I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with this a little bit." To, uh, with this plan, and I guess for his own protection, because he kept getting right. threatened, and uh, yeah, it, he could like, also it, give him oxy, so yeah, soften them up. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I don't know. That's so, a good uh, friend to me. You're gonna give me oxy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah so I'll give you this oxy, and problem. then help me kill this bitch. Yeah, and I, I think he knew that Garrett didn't have it in him. I right, think he right. knew eventually, or push it to the point, or he's gonna either have to get rid of Garrett somehow, or let him go. I thought. He thinks that he can control Garrett so well. He's so smart. Right. And he can control Garrett so well that he 100% believes Garrett will go along with it. And that is one of his Achilles. One of the things that fucks him over in the end. Because, you know, he does do that emotional burst. If he didn't think... If he... Because he thought he would really be able to keep Garrett under control. He really believed this. I think that emotional burst is the thing that tells us that he 100% thought he could control Garrett. Yeah. Right. And, and, and that's and the that's moment why he realizes he lost him. Exactly. That's why he was so he pissed because – exactly. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And how awesome was that shotgun blast where Garrett oh went God, flying dude. across the room like he was on, dude, a, on a fucking I'm, trampoline? I'm telling you, man. It, <laughs> when, that was like – I'm sitting there going, that's, this is dark. <laughs> this yeah. is dude, dark. when Garrett says he wants his mom yes. right before oh, he dies – Oh my God, that hit me. If it wasn't so yeah. late at night, I would have called my mom and just been like, oh my God, I love you. I'm yeah. never hanging out with 12 year olds again. I'm so, so like, I was just, oh, fuck, man. It's so damn, yeah, just brutal. Yeah. That to me is the part in the film that my heart just drops. Yes. It's just Garrett asking for his mom. Yeah. Right. Uh, right before he dies because he knows that he's going to die his he's like he realizes what his friend is at this point and it's over and the one thing he's he can think of like any young kid can think of my mom can save this my mom can fix this when you're scared you want your mom and at 12 years old you're still in that age where you you're out of it now but there's that one small bit in the back of your mind that your mom will save you from the darkness yeah yeah they use that tool a lot to play on the emotions of any, no matter what type of mood you're in, um, like in this movie and uh, like Save It Private Ryan when the guy was dying in their scene when he's out calling for his mom, all his soldier friend, right? Like that's right. just such a like a punch in the heart. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like everyone it'd be in that situation, be like, oh shit, you know? Yeah. yeah. That's why the movie got to a point where it's like, oh, right, th- right there at that moment, I'm like. I don't. I don't think I'm having fun right now. I really. Like, um, uh, Chris, I told him. I said, I think I need therapy after this. I really do. I'm not. I'm not. In, I'm not having fun. And then, and then, of course, you know, we get the 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 com uh, certain comedy things that kind of lighten the mood up again, bring you back into a film. 
But uh, yeah. when he gets real like that, man, it gets really dark. You know, I, I think it was the Exploding Heads podcast that I listened to where they talked about this movie. And one of them, I can't remember if it was, I, I, I want to say I remember Brandon not liking it and Dave liking it up until she flicked him off as she's getting put into the ambulance. He didn't like that. But for me, I don't have those problems. I think it's absolutely hilarious that she's yes. like, I survived. Go yes. fuck yourself. Yep. Um, yes. Yeah, I like that. I, did, I, love I like it. it better that she lived instead of dying. Absolutely. I liked it because it's. Yeah. I would have liked it either way. If she would have died and he would have got away with it, I would have been like, fuck, that was brutal as hell. I hope they do a sequel where it's nothing but the cops investigating all of it and one cop figure, figuring out that something's not right and he's mm-hmm. has now played these fucking cat and mouse mind games with the kid who's 12 and he's like how are you beating me and the kid looks at him and he's just like I see dead people and you're like that's the wrong fucking movie but right. you don't give God a shit because it. it's so amazing like, right right had it gone that right, I'd, be, I'd be totally down with it but yeah, the yeah. fact that she dead lives flicks him off and then the, the the last whip of him being like mom I want to go to the hospital and check on right. her mm-hmm. I'm worried about Ashley we should go to the hospital. You're just yeah, like yeah. fuck. Yeah, my right. points went up because she lived. When I first, when when I heard we've got a survivor, I was like, oh hell yeah, because again, it's it's that little bit of a spark that like a little bit of uh, you know that emotional like upper uh, you know from this movie that was just totally fucked me up, or I was I uh-huh. was getting to a point where like I got to go into a corner here, and that then that moment where she lived, I was like, yes, thank you. <laughs> to be honest. Either way it would have went would not affect my score because either way would have been amazing for me. Sure. Sure. Yeah. That's how strong this movie is. Yeah. Right. Uh, so before we do wrap up, I think we should talk about the Home Alone kill. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yes. Uh, the, the, first of all, the whole thing of just how easily he was able to do that. You know, that's where he really... And that that's his first actual kill. And you just see that where... He just has no hesitation at all. He's he's just like I'm doing this. This is this right. is awesome. This is fun. Yeah. 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 Uh, what did what did you think about the the whole setup and how it played out, Jerry? Uh, I liked it. It was a huge turning point, especially for Garrett. Um, yes. Right. Because it kind of put him towards holy shit. This, this is th- yeah. that's the point where Garrett was. Garrett was already doubting. Now Garrett is fully fully against everything. And he's pretty mm-hmm. much for the rest of the movie, he is just fucking brain dead. He is yep. numb. Um, and, and the the kills really cool. That is the one part of the movie where I would have liked to have seen the actual yes. kill because it would have been fucking amazing. Yeah, even an aftermath shot that yeah, was a little better. Even a good aftermath nice. shot. I do love the scene where it shows behind him and the paint is just spread and there's this yeah. nice clear area where the body was. And just these yep. two streaks of paint coming out. I do love that shot. I think it's beautiful. Um, yes. The the kills fun. I think it's a great Home Alone reference because who hasn't had that debate? Right? Yeah, yeah. You know, right. oh no, those yeah. kids would have killed them. Uh, it, it's one of those great movies where, like, as soon as someone brings it up, you have to bring up. Could he have really pulled this off? Would he have really survived? You know, all this stuff. <laughs> and it's it's a great. This movie has so many turning points. Where it just it can't get any darker. Yeah, oh yeah, right. hold my beer. Yeah, yeah, you know? exactly. <laughs> exactly. It does, yeah. and this is a like because we've already been through so fucking many. Like we already had the truth or dare scene. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we're like, it can't get any darker than this. And then we right. get the fucking paint cans. It's just, it's amazing. I absolutely yeah. fucking love Definitely it. Definitely a ramp up, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that would be my only thing is that I would like to see the, the aftermath a little bit better. Like, they just kind of faintly show it, blurry in the background. But if they could just at least have shown one shot. But I, I know that Chris was feeling a little bit reserved because his first movie was so brutal that he was like, yeah. I got to really dial it back. And he, he almost oh, said that he I gotta maybe dialed movie. it back slightly too much. Is that movie out somewhere? Uh, yeah, it's it's like a, a whole... It's about illegal immigrants getting captured by rednecks and tortured. Home? Oh, undocumented. So, okay. Yes, yeah, yeah. Oh, I've got to find this movie. <laughs> and um, I, I, I do love that it's this turning point, and I love how happy he is about it. Yeah. And it really just kind of shows the, the pull away from the two of them, where the one is, is pulling away from him, and then the other one is like, oh, this is actually cool. Let's Let's keep mm-hmm. going this way. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, yep, and all of it while wearing a very gleeful Christmas sweater. <laughs> yes, which is available. I yeah. I really want to talk to the director now because I really want to know if my uh, my whole theory about uh, Luke's character, like what oh, yeah. what do, what brought him into this sociopath? Was there anything? Is there something to him being uh, more effeminate? Because when you first see the movie, you're like, this kid looks like a mama's boy. You know, I see like I want to know if that played any role into him doing these actions like right as early yeah, as we he did. did. We didn't really talk about that. It was more of him talking about the Ashley character and and taking more of this feminist perspective of not having the cowering female victim that's just being withheld or or the, the pushover John oh, yeah. Hughes My, type of female yeah. character. So I think My, as far as the the character goes, I think what he said was this was more of like a coming of age, but he's a serial killer. He is a serial killer right. in the making. Uh, cool. He's always he's had these thoughts or whatever. But like to your point, where where it all stems from and yeah, that yeah. whole uh, yeah, it would be interesting. It, I'm yeah. sure he would answer. It would make perfect sense to me if he's mm-hmm. if he's saying that you know actually is this, is this representation of feminism. Luke is definitely a representation of of toxic masculinity and the effects it can have. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So like he, he almost kind of becomes it himself. He do, I mean there, I don't think there's an almost to it. Yeah, yeah, you're right. <laughs> I think he's directly affect, like to me like my whole theory of him being affected by toxic masculinity pushing him to feel inadequate and not manly mm-hmm. enough would 100% push him when he's already a sociopath it's definitely going to push him to this yeah so oh, yeah, yeah. yeah if he if the director is saying that actually is a, this representation of feminism in, in that spits in the face of these John Hughes movies then it makes totally sense to me that well what happens if these guy the guys from the John Hughes movies were sociopaths how mm-hmm. would that toxic masculinity affect them that way yeah Oh yeah, yeah, I'm sure he would answer if. Uh, I hope he listens on, to this on Twitter or something. Or I'm just gonna be like, go listen to this podcast that <laughs> you were already on, and tell me yeah, yeah. how right or wrong I am. Yeah, I would love to hear that too. Sure, sure. Uh, good. Well, I'm glad that uh, you know I, I asked you to come on to do this one, and by watching it again, you found that you loved it even more. Of course. I, I think. Yeah. You know, the nice thing with this movie, too, being a Christmas movie is something you can go back to every year and there's enough that's enjoyable about it, but also enough that's mm-hmm. that's that's kind of cringy and uncomfortable about it mm-hmm. that makes it still interesting to watch 
Yeah, I, um, I've got to say, thank you for having me on for, for Better Watch Out. Not really for the children, but for Better Watch Out, for sure. Because, <laughs> yeah, we got you know to yeah, take yeah. the good with the bad. I don't <laughs> know when I was going to get back around to watching this movie. Sure. And I'm so glad I did now because this is going to be one I watch probably at the beginning of December. Yeah. Right. You know, go ahead and get the depression out then. Right. Um, yes, right. yeah, yeah. yeah. But to be honest, this is one of the if i had to make a top 10 list of of movies from the past five years hell maybe in the past 10 years um mm -hmm. better watch out is going on it it sure. is fucking nice. just absolutely amazing in so many ways it's so deep and i've crafted this whole theory now mm -hmm. that i'll be honest i did not ha i didn't even think about this before the show this just nice. came to my mind from us talking about it nice. and i was just like like something clicked and i was just like oh my god wait a second so I threw it out there, and then after I threw it out there, I was like, if I sound dumb right now, <laughs> this is going to be really bad. But y'all went around, along with us. With us. Oh, no, like, because yes. it – yeah, because it was like sitting there going, wow, wait a second. Yeah, it can totally, you know, put those yes, puzzle yeah, pieces in sense. there, and it can totally work. Absolutely. Right. No, that's great. Uh, well, I guess uh, if you want to piggyback off of that and just kind of give what your, your rating and your final thoughts were of it then, Jerry. Uh, nine out of ten. Um, the, I think when I originally watched it, I had it at, at an eight out of ten. Mm -hmm. Um, going back and rewatching it, it went up because I got to check for anything that I would consider like a plot hole, you know. Because with these right. movies, it's they a lot of these movies that try this kind of thing, right? Fail, um, mm -hmm. they miss yes. something huge, and this movie doesn't. It must have been painstaking for them to go through it and make sure they set <laughs> up everything, um. But this, honestly, when it comes to Christmas horror movies, this is probably my second favorite Christmas horror movie of all time after Krampus. Krampus nice. win because Krampus is just is is a lot more in, like fun. Yes, as this yeah, one kind of bounces between the fun and the and the bad. Yeah. But like, Some, it's not fun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. there, there's parts. Um, I there was a uh, podcast Kenneth and I did where we just talked about uh, random subjects. It was called like the Last Armadillo on the Side of the Road. For some, I was watching Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Um, <laughs> nice, cool. Um, Good but enough. there was a thing we talked about how the most powerful thing a filmmaker can make you feel is uncomfortable because yes. it's so easy to make you sad. It's so easy to make you happy or laugh. It's honestly even like to make you cringe, but to truly make you feel uncomfortable. And mm -hmm. I, and I like and it's the scene. It's the rape scene in Last House on the Left. It's the rape mm. scene in uh, Boys Don't Cry. Um, it's the truth or dare scene in this movie. Yeah. Mostly sexual assault and rape scenes. Usually those are what's going to make me feel the most <laughs> uncomfortable. Yeah, yeah, me too. Uh, to be honest with you. Uh, but like, that is a true, like if you can make me feel uncomfortable and still enjoy the movie, like yes. not so uncomfortable that I'm like, fuck this. I'm never watching yeah. it again. Uh, <laughs> right, looking at right. you, Cannibal from 2006. Uh, <laughs> that like, then you have achieved something great. You yeah. made me feel uncomfortable, and you justified it. You made it worth happening. And this movie, I, I just, I don't have any complaints about the movie. It, nice. I, I, the only reason I don't give it a 10 out of 10 is because it doesn't have a shark in it. If it, if Jaws would somehow have been on the TV or something, 10 out of 10, 
fuck it. If I saw Chief Brody, we'd be at 10 out of 10. <laughs> uh, give me a special edition where you change the, the shitty slasher movie they're watching. Make it Jaws. And you, sir, have a 10 out of 10. But you, right. but for now, 9 out of 10, I wouldn't be surprised if I watch it again if it crept up to a 9.5. Nice. nice. Uh, speaking of the, the movie that they were watching, I, I had forgot to mention it in the interview, so I... I messaged Chris to ask him about that, and he said it was. Uh, I was like, was that actually something, or was that just like a thing you guys made up? And he was like, no, it was just a just a stupid thing we shot, pickup scenes to make the horror movie. It wasn't an actual movie. Yeah, I noticed that because I looked on IMDb to the cast list, and okay. it has like Slasher Girl. Yeah, Slasher, yeah. Like, okay. Has that listed, which is also a homage to Home Alone, because the uh, noir gangster films in Home Alone and Home Alone Two are not real movies. They filmed okay. those for right. the movies. Yeah, yeah. Nice. Yeah, it's it's uh, a lot of clever steps involved in making this. And yes. um, I, I can kind of go next, and I'll say that I am also going to come in with a 9 out of 10. I was somewhere around 8 the first time I seen it, and then I've watched it twice and obviously talked to the guy that, that made the movie to get a little more insight on it. And I think picking up those little things that you had pointed out, picking up on the rewatch of how they set everything up and, and filled in the gaps and made everything sort of airtight with this, in addition to hearing his insight on some of the stuff and some of the ideas that we brought up here that I think make perfect sense. And he would mm -hmm. he would agree that there's something there, even if maybe he didn't you know overtly put that in there, yeah. that he would be like, oh yeah, I could see that that would be a connective tissue to sure. Luke's character and it's it's you know it's just great like it's fun but it's also not fun it's right. <laughs> terrifying but it's also not terrifying yeah. it's it's kind of like everything somehow it's like a movie that does everything really really good and doesn't really do anything poorly uh the only thing that i would say that keeps it from being up is i would if if maybe they just you know showed a little bit more violence or you got something but i mean i think there's enough and then hearing his sort of take of how he wanted to dial it back a little bit mm -hmm. i mean you still get the the jeremy character gets hung and we have to watch him die slowly while he's yeah, being yeah. hung you know get him shooting his best friend they don't show him dead or the paint can to the face they don't really show it but it's like i guess you don't need to see it when you watch it a few times you're like you feel it in their faces and their expre yeah. expressions you know so yeah yeah yeah, that's great though. I love it. I'm I'm glad that we got to kind of dig a little deeper on this myself, and I'm gonna stick with the nine out of ten now. Yeah. Um. When I was watching this, it was uh, I, I, the pivotal moment that I made me my score go up was the very end that the girl survived. Because watching this, I was like sitting there going, okay, eight and a half, eight and a half, eight and a half. As soon as the girl survived, nine for me. Um. I was at a, a solid nine, and. Uh, Watch after third watch, I watched three. Uh, I was just like, this is a solid nine movie to me. It's it's everything that you guys said. Um, I think th that the movie, if if she didn't survive at the end, I I would have been a little bit more depressed. Like you even said, yeah, you could buy into it and have this kid, you know, kind of like wink at the camera or like have that smirk that he got away with it. But well, with the with the emotions, the roller coaster that we went through with this movie, I needed some sort of pickup at the very end. Uh, you know, even though his dialogue said, can we go visit her at the, the at the hospital, implying that maybe you know, he wanted to go finish the job and whatnot, or if he did. But without that, I would have been very like, I, I don't think I would have wa wanted to watch it again because it was it was just too depressing at times. Yeah. 
But uh, yeah, man, solid nine for me. I think that made it a, a triple nine on this episode for us or this, this yeah, movie. Yeah. That's awesome. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, and I, I agree with Jerry that at least when it comes to Christmas horror movies, that this would be up there with yes. with my favorites. You know, stuff like uh, like like Krampus and, and Gremlins and stuff is is always going to kind of have its spot up in that top five. But I think this one has definitely crept its way up there as well. Mm-hmm. And uh, oh, and also with uh, being a Christmas movie, like when we were talking to Chris with this, uh, the use of the decorations and the colors really made the look of the movie awesome. And the feeling oh, yeah, of yeah. Christmas time and he's wearing a Christmas sweater. Uh, because we, I think you you asked him, say, hey, could this have been set a, setting in a different any time frame? And he's like, yeah, it could have, but I think you get more of a special impact or yeah, it's like the juxtaposition, said, the, the color palette. Yes, right. exactly. And like we, I appreciated the color palette of this, and the like. I and I was like, you know what? This could only work, well, in my mind, uh, in a Christmas setting because it was like perfect for it, you know. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's awesome. Uh, cool. So I think we have uh, pretty much said what we need to say about these movies here. Mm-hmm. But before we wrap this up here. Uh, we just want to thank you again, Jerry, yes. for joining us again. And this is uh, the, uh, kind of part of the plan of what we want to do with the second year here is try and get a lot of the people who had been on Friends Till the End to actually come on and join the, the podcast proper mm-hmm. and talk about movies with us and not talk about yourself so much. <laughs> Which we I do enjoy. see how that would be more interesting. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, before we do wrap up, why don't you talk about yourself a little bit more and just let everyone know what, uh, remind everyone what your shows are and where they can be found at. So Kill the Cast is on the Legion Podcast Network. Um, So you can find us there. And like I said, all of my shows come out under the same feed. So you don't have to bounce around to different feeds or any of that kind of stuff. We're always looking to do interesting things. We cover old movies because a lot of, podcasts they always say when they cover like a universal monster movie no one listens i don't care uh february (laughs) we're doing the invisible man because we're continuing our tradition of making jay watch universal monster movies nice Mm -hmm. um we'll have more horror coliseums coming up we have a uh in january we will have a uh, new year old me episode where we are just going to talk about our influences throughout our life that not necessarily horror but you know Music, anime, uh, fucking movies, books, all of that's going to come into play as we talk about things that affected us and, and really had uh, a, a change in our in our perception of things. Um, so we're right. always planning out tons of new shit. Uh, Underwater Kaiju from Outer Space is going to come back for all you people who need uh, more Godzilla, Gamera, and Mushroom Men in your life. Mm-hmm. Uh, nice. Jerry hates action. I have no idea what we're doing next. That one's we just kind of do that one whenever. So yeah, it yeah. may it's, go away. It's a fun for way to do it. Three months. I may go. Hey guys, let's do this movie. It just it's something to break up the the monotony of horror. Yes. Yeah. 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 Um. Other Absolutely. than that, um. Well, I'm a Libra. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, I'm not gonna. Paul, I've already asked you this question because I did it on Friends to the End. But I have a thing where anytime that I can remember, whenever I'm on someone else's show, I like to ask them if they could come on Kill the Cast, what movie would they like to cover? So, Marco, 
If you were invited to kill the cast or Jerry hates action or underwater kaiju from outer space, whatever your your preference is, no judgment here. Uh-huh. Uh, what movie would you want to do? You're a huge Jaws fan, right? Yes, but I, I will okay. never review Jaws. No, so not the first one. Jaws the, I'll review Jaws too. About two and three, and maybe four Marvel Van Peoples. So I had an idea for a horror coliseum. Mm-hmm. Jaws 3 versus Jaws 4. When we break it down in categories, which is actually the worst film? Oh, uh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> nice. So that is one I actually want to do. So if we ever get around, because I have like a fucking almost 20 episode list of horror coliseum ideas. Yeah. Uh, and that's on there. So I will add on there. If we ever do Jaws 3 versus Jaws 4 horror coliseum, you will yes. be on it. Beautiful. <laughs> I'm there. I'm about to add it Perfect. right now. Nice. And I already had my wish come true. So <laughs> yeah, you got to come yeah. talk about Predator. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. And I, I remember that yours was Monster Squad, so... Yes, I fucking love Monster Squad. Monster Squad's so some, great. Sometime we'll have to find a way to plan that one into something. You can do oh, a... Um, uh, I can either Monster Squad and Super 8, like, pair those two movies, since right. they're both kid adventure movies. That's true. Yeah. Yeah, we'll figure something out. All right, Marco, what? Uh, why don't you go ahead and plug your other things before we sure. wrap up here? <laughs> Sure. Um, if I'm not talking horror, I'm talking Star Wars on the Sarlacc Digest, S-A-R-L-A-C-C. And I'm sorry if that sounded too much of an announcer voice there. I've never done that before. But um, <laughs> that's yeah, all right. So, <laughs> that's okay. Um, uh, individual feed, Sarlacc Digest, uh, on the rawlivepod.com. And we just sit there and geek out everything Star Wars latest, greatest. Uh, we're into our reviewing of the uh, our time... I guess the time of the of uh, continuation of movies or whatever, breaking everything down until we get it to episode nine comes out next December. Next year is a huge Star Wars year, so we're gearing up for that. So yeah, find me there. Drop us a line anytime you want to talk Star Wars. I'm there, man. Nice. And uh, all of my shows are going to be found under this same feed of Who Will Survive Horror Podcast, which would be the Friends Till the End and this. And then if Marco and I have any other interviews, which won't be at least until until january we do have another we wish you a shitty christmas episode planned with uh with lance from the horror returns is going to join us for that so that will probably be out right around the time of christmas and uh i don't know a few other things coming up but uh please if you are listening to us on itunes or or whatever then uh, go on and just at least give it a rating or a review. It would help us out quite a bit. And if you want to interact with us on social media, we're on Instagram and Facebook under the same name, Who Will Survive Horror Podcast. And I think that is going to do it. Uh, so uh, if no one has anything else, I will just say that if you're around any kids that start making cat noises and coming at you with broken glass, maybe just grab a knife and be safe. Yeah, just preemptive. Kill them. Kill yeah, them now. Yeah. yeah. Right. You know what? I mean, in all reality, think of it this way. You could have stopped it early on with an abortion. And then <laughs> there'd be less kids, which there means there's less go. people, which means you would get a better parking spot at Walmart. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> and on that note, we yeah. will <laughs> say goodnight or whatever time of day you're listening. And thanks. For-